This is Health Dose, a conversational podcast that focuses on topics that affect your health. I'm Jerry O'Donnell. Today we're going to talk about treatments for joint pain. Dr. Jim Lewis is an orthopedic surgeon at MidMichigan Health. Health Dose asked Dr. Lewis, in which joints do patients most commonly experience pain? So in my practice, I commonly see hips and knees. Those are by far the most common, at least in my practice. Really, most any joint can get arthritis in it. It just depends on your activities that you've done in your past life, any injuries that you've had. People can also get shoulder arthritis. But the big ones that I see in my clinic and practice are hips and knees and also shoulder arthritis to a lesser degree. What causes the arthritis? So arthritis is part of the normal aging process. Some people get lucky and you end up looking at a knee of a 90-year-old with a perfect knee. But then you look at a 40-year-old that has horrible arthritis. That can be led to several different factors. For genetics, there are genetic links to different types of makeup to your cartilage, and this can lead to it degenerating faster. Prior injury, People that have an ACL tear, even if they get it reconstructed, are at a higher risk for early onset arthritis. If you had a meniscus tear, that changes the joint reactive forces across everything. As far as the hip goes, it's the same story. If you had a prior hip injury where things like the labrum can be torn and essentially it comes down to things happening to the joint that aren't quite normal so that way the joint can't react normally, lead to earlier arthritis, as well as the joint cartilage itself being made up in slightly different collagen and whatnot that can lead to earlier arthritis. So the makeup of that matrix would be age, activity level, genetics, weight, any of those? Yeah, it's all, it's kind of a giant cornucopia of things that can lead to arthritis. And that's one of those things where it comes down to talking with the person about what their risk factors were, what could have caused it. And as part of treatment is trying to modify risk. Is it fair to say that all of us will experience joint pain at some time in our lives? That depends. I mean, I would say the vast majority of us would experience some joint pain. I know that, for instance, after a long day, myself, I get joint pain and 30 years old. So that's a very common thing. So at what point would a patient know that it's time to see a doctor before their joint pain? So there's certain red flags that I look for. As far as aches and pain type of joint pain, it depends on if it persists. If you try some non-operative treatment at home, things like icing, stretching, you can find basically anything you want on YouTube or Google as far as stretches for different types of joint pain, if as well as anti-inflammatory medications as long as you can take them. It doesn't give you any belly problems or kidney problems. If you try things like that and it persists, I would say that it's reasonable to at least talk to your primary care physician about getting x-rays and then starting down the path of getting a workup. And when you mentioned stretches, is the point to fix problems with the joint itself or to strengthen the supporting muscles and ligaments around that joint? So the goal of the stretching is multiple fold and you mentioned both of it. For one thing, the best thing for joints is to keep them moving. One of the best things for a person with knee arthritis or even after a total knee is a recumbent bicycle. And the best thing to do is just to have it at no resistance and just get your knee moving. The other thing is that you want to strengthen the muscles around the joint so that way the joint can be stabilized further by the muscles themselves uh, as well as lead to more normal motion. 
So what are some of the treatment options for joint pain when you've got an osteoarthritic problem going on? I like to start at your basics. And this is a spectrum and there's a, a large timeline when it comes to, to joint pain, especially with arthritis, that they basically have to start from the beginning and then work their way up. Just the frontline things are anti-inflammatories. And if the ones that are over the counter don't work, I can prescribe oral anti-inflammatories that are prescription strength, as well as prescribe anti-inflammatory cream that people can rub on the affected joint. That works especially well in knee arthritis, and people have really liked that one in particular. Other things over-the-counter-wise, you can try some of the balms and creams that are over-the-counter, the Blue Emus, the Australian Dreams. People have liked those as well. If this, things like stretching at home don't help, I can always prescribe someone physical therapy so that way they can get formal treatment and exercises because even when I try to do that stuff myself, I know my form could be made better if somebody's actually watching me and telling me what I need to do better. This comes a little bit farther down the road. I prefer to do things where I don't have to poke people first, but if somebody's pain is bad enough, a steroid injection can calm down the knee. Basically with a steroid injection, what I'm getting, it has a numbing medication in it to help the person right away, but it also has a steroid in it to calm down the arthritis long-term. The goal with that is to hope that the arthritis is a flare and that you can calm it back down. I look at a steroid injection more as a short-term Band-Aid rather than anything else to try and help someone get through. Longer term, the more you do steroid injections and the closer together you do them, the more likelihood that you're actually going to start degenerating the joint cartilage because of the steroids. They're good in very short term if you need it, but I try to stay away from it unless you need it. Something that's more regular basis that I try to get people on board with is are the gel shots, the ones that everybody knows as uh, the ones that they make from the coxcomb of a rooster. They no longer do that. They make them from, from scratch now. They don't use the coxcomb of a rooster. But those gel shots are basically meant to help give nutrients to the cartilage you have left. Because while you may look at an x-ray of a knee and you may be bone on bone, but typically somewhere else in that knee you have good cartilage. And if you can try and strengthen that, and get people more time with their own knee, you're better off. And while as an orthopedic surgeon, your stock and trade is joint replacement and doing surgery, that's probably for you the last option? Yes. Total joints are a big surgery. While I enjoy doing surgery, that's what I do. I, I mean, I, I've worked with my hands my whole life out in my dad's body shop, and that's why I became a surgeon. It's still a big surgery, and that's still a big commitment that you have to put somebody through because it's not just that day you do surgery. That person has to go through, especially for my knees. My knees are my big physical therapy people. They have to pretty much start physical therapy day one. I want to move it, and it's a process to get somebody back, and it's a painful process. If you're not painful enough at the beginning, what have I gotten you if I put you through all of this and you still might have an issue at the end? The goal for me is to have somebody that has exhausted all their non-operative options, nothing is left, and they're hurting quite a bit for the total knee or the total joint because these are big surgeries. It's nothing that you to joke around about. 
What does recovery from a total joint replacement look like for the patient? So most of my surgeries are overnight stays at the hospital currently. That might be shifting to more of an outpatient type of basis in the future. But at this point, people get their total joint day one, the first day. The rest of the day on day one is spent recovering from the surgery, typically a spinal. So the spinal's wearing off and get them set on a pain management protocol. So that way they can tolerate getting up with physical therapy the next day. The next day, we have a very good physical therapy team at our joint camp. They get you up and moving. My goal is I prefer to have somebody at home. I don't, I try not to have people go to a rehab center. People typically do better at home when it comes to a total joint, less risk of pneumonias, blood clots, infection, whatnot. People will also be not only go home with pain medications, but also blood thinners. I want to prevent them from having a blood clot while they're in their perioperative time period. So there'll be four to six weeks of a blood thinner. The big thing with knees especially is I want them moving. They're doing a lot of physical therapy. Hips, on the other hand, the biggest thing for them is I want them walking up and moving to try to retrain all of those muscles that, because these are big surgeries, these are deep structures that I have to get to to do a total joint, the muscles usually right off the bat are not completely responsive and you need to retrain everything a little to an extent. And the best thing for hips is to get them walking. That is MidMichigan Health orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Jim Lewis. As always, if you have health concerns, the best place to start is your primary care provider. To learn more about MidMichigan Health's comprehensive musculoskeletal services, go to midmichigan.org slash ortho. I'm Jerry O'Donnell. Thank you so much for listening. Check back again soon for another episode of Health Dose.